1: The Chicago Bulls suffered a tough loss against the Denver Nuggets at home yesterday, and at a time where a lot of the Bulls' kind of more negative traits and attributes came back out in that game. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're just going to talk about how Kobe White is extending that defense and really helping the Chicago Bulls' offense have more spacing than what it's ever had here in the last few years. And we're going to talk about the Bulls reportedly looking for win now talent and if that's really the right decision that the Chicago Bulls should go into. All that plus a little bit of the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for
0: all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes.
1: What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, the Bulls, as everyone knows at this point, I would hope that the Bulls lost to the Denver Nuggets. Yesterday in a game where, you know, the Bulls got off to a slow start. It started off uh, at a, a 14-4 to deficit for the Chicago Bulls. They were able to get the lead back down. Um, they played with some heart at times. It wasn't as consistent as before. But really, one of the things that really stood out the most in this team were a couple of things. But one of the things is that, <clears throat> of course, we had big nights from Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic, but there was no third player to help step up and win this game with. Kobe White going 8 of 15 from the field, 27 points, 8 assists, 4, 4 rebounds. I'm sorry. Yeah, 4 rebounds, 1 steal from uh, from Kobe White. Then you look at Nikola Vucevic, 26 points, going 12 of 21, shooting from the field, 16 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks from Nikola Vucevic. Glad to see him have that level of production. And then there's kind of a bu- a bunch of just questionable all up and down other than that. DeBarno Rosen only going 3 of 13 for 14 points. Patrick Williams, passive P coming back in two of eight for seven points. He does chip in two rebounds and one block as well. Io Sumu, who started off a little bit slow again, ends up with nine points, three rebounds, three assists, one block from him as well. And then Javon uh, Carter from the bench, nine points. Torrey Craig with two. Andrew Drummond with eight and two from Terry Taylor and Daylon Terry, uh, respectively, when it comes down to it. This was an opportunity that the Chicago Bulls had, especially with Nikola Jokic going out uh, not being in the game in the second half. He actually got ejected from the game, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the weight of the Bulls just, it, 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 it sucked to see like some of that stuff rear the head. Now, it's good to see Kobe White still be on that star-level trajectory that we've seen him on. But when it comes down to it, like, bad games from DeMar DeRozan and P. Will, you just can't overlook them. They played bad in yesterday's game, and P. Will didn't even necessarily have the defensive output that you expected. And the Bulls just did not know how to stop. It's like almost when Nikola Jokic went out of the game, the Bulls, uh, it was more difficult for them to guard. Julian Strother, for example, a rookie, went 4 of 9 for 16 points. Uh, Braun had uh, 13 points coming off just the bench. The bench killed us. The rebounds killed us, right? Things like that. And when you look at Jokic being out of the game, only playing 16 minutes in this game, it really does suck that the Bulls weren't able to capitalize on that. I do think this was also a game where Billy Donovan got outcoached by Mike Malone. This is what I think. I think when you look at Billy Donovan didn't really scheme well once Jokic went down, and Mike Malone, it seems like he got even some more work with Jokic being out and schemed it pretty good. Use players in creative ways to get them open out on the perimeter, things like that. They didn't really make a whole hell of a lot of three-pointers more than us, only made one more three-pointer than us. But the thing is, is that they took 10 less and got one three-pointer more than us, so that uh, percentage was 46%, whereas the Bulls shot 32% from three-point range. This is just a tough game. Now, one of the things that everybody is going to talk about coming out of this game is Nikola Jokic being ejected, and it was a situation where he said something uh, to a ref after feeling like he was fouled, and then by the time we got down to the other side of the ball, the ref had ejected him. Now, Nikola Jokic did talk about it after the game, and he said this. Nikola, can you explain what happened there to get ejected? Uh, It is what it is. I'm just happy that we didn't play in Serbia
0: this game. It's going to be really fun to see how it will be ended. It was interesting, you know. It is what it is. Some guys can say whatever. I think sometimes what I said, is not even a technical, so it is what it is. Did you ask him? I hate it. Wait, did I cross the line here? Did he say anything to that? No, engine? I crossed the line, but sometimes that, that war doesn't cross the line, so mm-hmm. it is what it is. Were you frustrated about the no call on the other end? I think, you know, yeah. it is what it is, so I don't want yeah. to get to it. Uh, I like my money, so I'm not going to yeah. say whatever.
1: Are you concerned at all, Nicole, because <laughs> this is the second time in three weeks that it's happened With the I officials
0: know. specifically. We won the both the games, so maybe mm-hmm. that's, that's the key. Maybe that's the way to go.
1: <laughs> is, is the line you're talking about, is that usually a technical and not an ejection? Is that, is that um, kind of sometimes
0: it, I, I didn't hear that it's an ejection, but uh, sometimes it's not even a technical. So. But I cross the line, I understand. But sometimes that, that board doesn't cross the line. Maybe in the I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it's second, uh, second big, the second, second biggest Serbian population here. It's a Belgrade. It's the first and Chicago. is the second. So maybe, maybe they came to see me. cool yeah, like yeah. you said, you did, your team did win both games uh, that you uh, got so tossed out. Uh, what does it say about the way your bench guys are responding? I mean, I think the defense was really good. They scored 102, 104. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many? six. six. I mean, uh, so the defense were, we're supposed to be, and the guys executed. You know, we had a couple of guys, edgy step up in a, in a different position today. Uh, DJ played very well. Reggie. You know, we had a couple of rookies and a couple of young guys that step, step up. So it's uh, it's a. Uh, it's a good win for us. Big win. You guys are now five and one on the second game of a back-to-back. What does it say about the character of this team to win these kind of yeah, games? I mean, always said since I came here. We never quit, and uh, that's never going to be an option for us. You know, you, you, you always uh, the, uh, there is always can be excuses or whatever. Uh, so, but not for this team. Yeah, we can we can get beat, of course, but uh, the never quitting with talent is never going to be a, it's, uh, it's always going to be a, our first first mindset.
1: And when it comes down to it, I lo- I just look at it in this way. At times, and it's, it hasn't been as egregious as it was last season, it was as consistent, I should say. But sometimes the refs just like even you know the the ref was questioned after the game, and he didn't really have a stern answer on it. He he was ejected after one technical foul, which is not supposed to be that unless it's something completely over the top. And uh, you know, even Jokic saying yeah, he said some things that shouldn't have been said, things like that. It just to me, it, it was it was a little bit too much to, to eject him in that game. Giving him a technical, no, that's 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 not bad in that. Give him that, but. You, you give him a chance to correct it. Even if he did say something out of line, just give him a little bit of a chance to correct it because at the end of the day, like I said, man, the, the people in the in the stadium, when Bulls fans, at Boo, Jokic being ejected, even knowing that, you know, theoretically, that would have put the Bulls in a better position to try to win the game, it just, I think it goes to show what how, how kind of over the top that was a little bit. But outside of that thing, like, the Bulls just, defensive execution wasn't there. Yes, it was the second of a back-to-back, and, you know, it was a tough game that went into OT, that they played a team that was better than them. This Nuggets team is another team that's better than them. But you just want to see the team get back, like, have that effort and that heart, find a way to dig that in. And, you know, one thing that Mike Malone did that we don't see Billy Donovan do too often is that he went to the young players, right? This is a game in which the young players in Dale and Terry who did play 11 minutes, but you also would like to see Julian Phillips a little bit more. He played in seven minutes. actually a little bit under seven minutes. is a little over six minutes per game. But you would have just liked to see him play more minutes because those are the players that theoretically are going to have more energy than the players that, you know, um, that that played in that in that back-to-back, played heavy minutes in that back-to-back yesterday. So, yes, the Bulls are missing Alex Caruso. I do think both these games look considerably different if Alex Caruso was in the last two losses for the Chicago Bulls. But, hey, it is. What it coulda shoulda. There's always going to be something there when it comes down to it. And, you know, this is where I would like to see if Billy Donovan put the rookies and the young players in positions more often so that you can rely on them in situations like the second of a back-to-back to to try to give you a little bit more oomph, if that makes sense. So, you know, like I said, woulda, coulda, shoulda there when it comes down to it. Hopefully Caruso gets back healthy. We got two games against Miami, Thursday and Saturday, um, I believe. So a day off, hopefully the team's using that day off to get healthy, get a practice in, things like that, see where they can be. And, you know, hopefully we get back to seeing the team get in the win column against a team in the Miami Heat that are a beatable team for the Chicago Bulls, especially when they play like we've seen them play. But I'm talking about seeing how people play. Kobe White just continues his ascent in stardom. And we got a voicemail on if he can make, you know, all-star game, things like that. But when it comes down to it, Kobe White's decision-making and everything has just been so different. While I know a lot of people are saying, well, we've seen Kobe put up stats like this before, it's how he's going about it as well. Kobe White made two three-pointers that were beyond 26 feet against the Denver Nuggets. 26 feet. That is crazy considerably behind the three-point line. And so he drilled a 28-footer against the Bucks on Monday night as well. Kobe White is is getting to the place where it's so difficult to know how to guard Kobe White because he can penetrate. And we're seeing a, an increased ability to dish the ball when he does get in the middle to put his players in better positions to score at the rim. Kobe's also getting to the rim against players and not backing down trying to get foul calls. He doesn't always hit it he's hitting way more at the rim than what he's missing, but again, He's that that type of thing. Kobe White is on this ascension that if this maintains the whole season, we're talking about Kobe White now being a star level player in the NBA. He's already having star level output, star level everything for the Chicago Bulls team. And it's really just good to see Kobe White play this way. And Like I say, anytime I talk about Kobe White, getting to see a player in your jersey come in and play this way is huge. It's huge to see that from Kobe White. And so, you know, he's he's putting together such a nice stretch uh, for the team and he's just you know putting up big numbers hitting big shots as well you know and hopefully like i said before in the last game we start seeing billy donovan understand and 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 have an increased ability to go to him more often you want to see him be rewarded in that and so hopefully that's the case man i really like the the way that kobe white's playing I, I like the numbers that he puts up being able to stretch the floor like he does is 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 huge for this team as well and then when you look at on top of that him saying this now, as far as his three point shooting and taking shots from from far out in three in, in, in three range saying this, it just changes the floor. It especially opens up a lot of driving opportunities because I'm of- experienced the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to twenty five thousand dollars or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So far out, when they shifted out, it's a longer run for them closing out. It also opens up for everyone else too. If I'm able to drag out, drag the off-ball offender out a little bit further because they don't want to leave me, it opens up the driving lanes for everyone else. Yeah, I'm trying to run me off the line. Yeah, they're trying to run me off the line, so I'm just trying to continue to read a defense and take what they give me. Reading the defense—that is something that even in Kobe, when he was playing off instinct and putting up big games at in big numbers at times, you never really got the feel that Kobe White was reading and having kind of that cerebral part of the game. And that's coming along for Kobe White, and that is going to what's going to be continue to make him such a dangerous and versatile player for the Chicago Bulls team. We are before our eyes are seeing a player grow in a row, grow in a row, and then ascend past even what the expectations were that for that coming into the season. I know a lot of people had some questions about Kobe White and being the starting point guard once he was named that, me included, right? What do you guys say? All offseason, I was saying Javon Carter's probably going to be the starting point guard. But I'm so glad that I was so wrong on that because Kobe has not only stepped into that starting point guard role, but he's adapted and grown his games in ways defensively, offensively, that I don't think anybody could have necessarily projected it to be like this. And that's what's good to see about this, about Kobe, a player in Kobe who's still only 23 years old. He turns 24 in February, but this is still a player that hasn't even technically entered what should be his prime years yet. The Chicago Bulls got him on a reasonable deal. They 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 allowed him a chance to win out that starting point guard role. And then even, and I will give credit to Billy Donovan in this, Billy Donovan allowed Kobe to go through the mistakes that he was making earlier in the season to come out of that a much better basketball player and decision decision maker. Kobe White is balling and you can't take away from that. He is he has a usage rate of 21 which is the last the highest in the last um The last three years of his career, and keep in mind, he did have higher usage rates, but that's when it was literally just him and Zach as far as the scoring threats on that team for a long part, especially when Laurie was out with injury, things like that. His turnover rate is one of the lowest of his career as well. His assist ratio is one of the highest, and his true shooting percentage is the highest that he's had in his NBA career. Kobe White is balling out, and when you look at the game that Kobe White and how he's just progressing in Making things happen and the decision making that he's doing, the vocal leader that he's turning into as well. One of the best storylines coming out of whatever this next phase is for the Chicago Bulls is Kobe White and who, what, and how what he's gonna be when it's all said and done. Kobe White is balling. And I love to see that from Kobe White. Now, with that said, we got a report yesterday and I dropped an emergency episode that came out saying that the Chicago Bulls are looking for win-now players. Basically telling everybody what I've been saying, that a full rebuild is not coming. But the question is. Is is that the right decision, and what are the pluses and minuses of both of that? Now we know what the pluses are for trying to be a team that bottoms out. It removes the expectations for fans, and that's always what I said. Blowing it all up, going through re- free rebuild, full rebuild, being a bad team that's just trying to get lottery picks. It removes the expectations from the fan base, and it and it and it does that in a way where it's like, okay, we know they're trying to be bad. What this does now, in in trying to go win now, yeah, it doesn't necessarily on paper give you the chance to have the high lottery picks, which again. This is not a year in a draft that you want to try to tank for any goddamn way. So that's a big part of this as well. But going for win-now talent to try to add pieces that can fit this core does not necessarily mean that this team is still not going to have lottery picks. It doesn't mean that this team is all of a sudden going to be going on these playoff runs. It means that they are trying to put together a decent product at the same time that they are still going to be looking for that talent that takes them over the top. It still means that a lot of the progression is going to come from players hitting next steps and next levels. But I think also now people have heard that and taken that wrong and saying, well, how are we going to compete for a title? That's not what it's saying either. It's just saying that we are not trying to be the Detroit Pistons. We weren't even necessarily aiming to be that, right? We're not going to try to be this bad team just so we can get these lottery picks. We're going to try to put the best team on the court that we can, let it come where it will. And people have to understand as well that, like, the Bulls, when we got Derrick Rose, we weren't a tanking team. We weren't. When we got Kirk Heinrich and them, yeah, we were just a terrible basketball team that drafted high. but. I think that this puts the onus on the front office that they now have to draft extremely well because if you're not trying to bottom out and get the one, two, three, four picks in the draft and you're going to win and then wherever it falls, like you could still end up in the lottery if you don't make it through the play-in, but then if you end up with an eight, a number 10 pick, you have to draft extremely well. And teams have done that. Denver, a team that we always go to, not because AK came from there, but they're a team that never won less than 30 games after Carmelo Anthony left. But they drafted well over that stretch in time, and now they've built this team that is just great from top to bottom. So in in many ways, it's putting more of an onus on ownership to say, okay, if you're not going to tank, if you're not going to try to get a number one overall pick, if that's not what you're aiming for, then to increase the talent on this team, it has to come through a few different ways. Free agents, which we know we've never really been a free agent destination. Big-time free agents don't come here. Or you have to do so well in drafting that even if you're drafting 8, 10, 12, 14, if you're drafting in those areas because you try to compete and make a playoff and you missed out, you have to di- hit on those draft picks. And that goes back to what I've been saying basically since this offseason. The Chicago Bulls have to hit on their next three out of the next four draft picks that we have. We have to hit on it. It doesn't mean that they have to be necessarily superstar talent, but they have to be talent to the level that you see that they're going to contribute and be a big part of a team, and you can build that team that maybe is just depth. Right. You have a team that's able to do and make things and go to playoffs because they have extreme depth and everybody is is playing into their role extremely well and you're fitting those pieces together well. Now it's still you're still gonna hope for a player like Kobe, a player like Patrick Williams, Julian Phillips to maybe hit a star to superstar level ceiling in the players that you draft as well, but you have to draft extremely well. And so the ownership group is putting the onus, I feel like, on this in their ability to draft and hopefully they're gonna draft much better than what they have going forward. But with that said, what they have in the past, not going forward. We want them to draft better going forward. But with that being said, I got two voicemails I want to play on today's episode. This first one, this one's from Shea. What's up, page This Shea. You know, a lot of people say Kobe White may not be an all-star this year, which nine times out of ten may be true, but how about this? With his shooting and his three-point shooting going up like it is, Maybe I could see him participating in a three-point shooting contest or maybe the skills challenge, whichever one that is. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Kobe White All-Star. I just want to touch on that. I know that's not necessarily the question, but here's what I'll say. And I said this on a live stream, so I want to say it on, the, on, a, on a pre-recorded video, is that for us, for Kobe White to make an All-Star game, it, ha- it has to be based off storyline because while his stats are great, we know that All-Star games are about storyline. So Bulls fans, show up for Kobe White. When that voting starts, show up for it. Retweet it. Do all this. Kobe White's story I do think is one that could push him in to being maybe a reserve in the All-Star game, but it's going to be difficult at the guard position in the Eastern Conference to do that. But with John Morant not playing the first 25 games, things like that, maybe it could open up some things. So, well, John Morant's not in the Eastern Conference, though. Why did I say that? I have no idea. Um, But listen, with that said, let's hope that that's the case, man. And we got to show up for Kobe, but that storyline that he's having, being from North Carolina, things like that, maybe he can get him. Now, the 3 and skills comp, I think with the number of, of, of threes that Kobe White's making, he's definitely going to get an invitation to the three-point competition. It's just up to him if he's going to accept it. And I would love to see Kobe White win a three-point competition. Skills competition, hey, do both of them. I would love it. Listen, if you can talk about Kobe White in the season that he's having, come out winning a skills competition and a three-point competition, or even just having a good showing, hey, I would love to see that. So let's hope that's the case. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Thomas. What's up, Hayes? This is Thomas from the D.C. area. Getting you back again. Appreciate you answering my question a couple days ago. Uh, Thinking about this whole, uh, you know, recent report, uh, the Bulls saying that, you know, they want to probably trade for pieces to win right now. And, um, again, this is not new news. This is not something that we should be surprised about, of course. But wondering what your thoughts are about – I know the Lakers are hesitant on uh, taking on the Levine contract. What are your thoughts about uh, a Rui? D'Lo trade for uh, Demar Derozan. What's your thoughts about that and a different type of package for shorter-term player? Bulls trading to help them win now. Roy and D'Lo for Demar Derozan. I don't think that you're going to be able to get those type of players back for Demar. I just don't think that you will be able to. Maybe one of them, but again, you got to match salaries. But you know that would be giving up a lot for Demar Derozan, a player that can be in free agency next year and isn't really having the greatest season either. So I don't know if that's a realistic trade. Now I know it works as far as the salary part of it and you know if the Lakers really do want DeMar and the Bulls make them available they have to match the salary that's just not something that's negotiable there right so they're going to probably have to give up something and when you look at their salary structure the only players that they really have that have that level of contract they're going to have to give up one of like a Gabe Vincent they can include in that Austin Reeves a Rua Hachimura a D'Angelo Russell they're not going to like so uh, 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 DeMar's contract is over 20 million dollars so you're going to have to do a combination of some things so Maybe they do. Maybe they just because they have to, but it may maybe Gabe Vincent, Jalen Hood, Shafino maybe ends up being something like that. But you know, we'll have seen, man. I think that if the Bulls do move on from tomorrow, which seems like it's more and more likely as we hear those extension talks are still far apart, uh, the level of deal that they're looking for to get, I guess we'll remain to see. I guess we'll see, man. Uh but I don't think if you're gonna get Roy and D in a move like that. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe we're talking about it by the trade deadline and the Bulls found a way to get it done. And if they do, that would be crazy. But thank you guys for tuning in so much, man. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Pod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace.